Hi folks, welcome to the Doppler Podcast, your source for news, views, and opinions from the ever-changing world of cloud computing. Our mission is simple, to help you navigate your career journey with the best advice, tips, techniques from those who have found success in the cloud-first world. This podcast is brought to you by Cloud Technology Partners, an HP company, and uh, my name is Brad Loomis. We are live from AWS Reinforce today in the lovely Seaport District and having a little customer and partner appreciation event, and I'm fortunate enough here to have a couple of good friends, good partners to CTP over the years uh, from Trend Micro. Uh, Jeff, why don't you introduce yourself and tell us what your day-to-day is like and what you do for Trend these days. Sure. So, Jeff Westfall, I'm uh, managing the technical team for the Great Lakes. I've been doing that a little over a year and a half now, but uh, prior to that role, my focus at Trend has really been around working with customers across the whole U.S. and adopting this cloud-first methodology and helping them migrate their applications to the cloud. Awesome. And Bill, over to you, my friend. I'm Bill McGee. So I, uh, I co-founded the company that uh, built the deep security product that we now uh, take to market, to market to help our customers with both on-premise and, and now... Uh, and now cloud computing. Um, I'm responsible for the product development. Um, here at Reinforce, for me, it's kind of like going back to college that this feels like reInvent 2013 or something <laughs> where the size is a bit more manageable and you get to walk and uh, the trade show floor you can get through in maybe 20 minutes yeah, rather than two and a half hours. So great to be here and uh, really interesting to see uh, uh, the interest in security around cloud being so significant. I mean, the, Imagine the, this a number of years ago, right? The security what? Who? Exactly. Now we exactly. have a focus of that and I couldn't even be more happier. I know the first, the first reInvent, there were two vendors on the show floor that were security <laughs> vendors. And I remember being so sad the first one when there was 20. And uh, this one's kind of like going back home. Yeah, this is good. This is good. It's so loud though, right? You know yeah. what I mean? There's so much networking. There's so much excitement. There's so much energy. You know, which is, it's really amazing to have summits, reinforce, reinvent, and you still see that energy continue to build. It's, it's, uh, I think the community and the ecosystem that have come up around us, um, it's driven, of course, the friendships uh, over the years uh, between our companies, but it has also uh, enveloped into more things like doing this uh, with partners and customers and friends and family, there's actually some family members out here tonight as well. So it's uh, good to have that sort of gravity built around that. So let, let's stay on that topic a little bit. Uh, Bill, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, trends at a macro level, right? Great announcements today, AWS, Control Tower, Pub, all that good sort of stuff. From your point of view, um, what are you seeing out there as far as trends? Is this the first step or second step? or? I guess the what we see in it, you know, it's a little bit biased by, by the glasses that you're looking through yourself. But... Um, you know, the first conversations that we were having uh, with customers around cloud was, you know, really around the infrastructure and, and that uh, that transition. But now it's the uh, the agility that the dev teams are working at. So certainly one of the topics of most interest to our customers is container security. You know, started in dev teams, um, now infrastructure, re- infrastructure teams realizing they got to build up the platform that will support container environments, how they need to rethink security yep. again. Uh, differently and and it's also bringing on a little bit more of an application security conversation which which is a new one for trend and uh, for trend micro and uh, 
and uh, a new one around the infrastructure, I think. So that, so both of those are exciting. Uh, I'd say container security is often topic number one when I get to meet with customers. That's good. Now, you're tactical, fighting it out every day in the field with end customers and technical folks. What's the world from your point of view, Jeff? Yeah, and sticking on the container, uh, the container topic, right? I mean, this. I told this story for a couple of talks we did today where, you know, without going into too, too much detail, you know, we talked eight, nine years ago, the application development teams really didn't have much say, right? They, yeah. they were they were the guys across the hall and nobody knew who they were. And when they needed something, they were definitely not the priority. And the infrastructure team had the power, right? They're the ones who dictated what was done and what wasn't. But as, as I said earlier, you know, it's uh, times have really, really changed. You know, now that the businesses need to move faster, that requirement is now on the development team. So they're the ones dictating to the infrastructure team. They're the ones dictating to the security team. This is what we need, and this is what we need you to do. Yeah. We can't have security become this design constraint for us. So this is what we're using. We're using containers. Make this work. But then as a security engineer, you look at that and say, okay, I'm gonna look up what the heck this container thing is, and I'm gonna read about it, and I'm gonna say, okay, this this is really confusing to me. I don't know Here's what the this problems. is. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> but but I don't have a choice. I can't go back to the business and say, I don't know what this is. Uh, we're not gonna do this. You have to make it work, right? Now you you are the one that takes the back back seat, so to speak, in IT, right? The yeah. developers have the power. Right? It was funny. I just did a uh, podcast with a uh, friend of mine from New York Times and similar ilk of and similar, let's say, uh, refined lineage that we all have <laughs> here, right? We've been around the block here a little bit. Um, he goes back, hey, I remember when... Uh, DevOps, there was no dev, it was all ops. And if the phone rang, you picked up the phone, you made the change on production if you had to, right? Yep. So it's it's now new world thinking, adapting more into that sort of new environmental, but also the new behavior and the ecosystem around the developer, being more developer-centric, back to your point, Jeff, in that regards. So once folks get and wrangle that container security envelope, right? Um, a, from your guys' point of view, what are some of the mistakes that you've seen out there folks make? Do they take an existing tool and try to make it container-ish or um, ignore it and the problem will go away? What what sort of things are you folks seeing so out there? We see a couple of things. I mean, just generally around the cloud um, in the early days, a few years ago, what we would typically see is either basically blind faith and therefore not having done much at all uh, in terms of outsourcing all uh, work and trust to the cloud vendor um, or having taken their on-premise toolkit and just assuming that they've got to do the same thing in the same way around the cloud and that just doesn't work and we typically see one extreme or the other and the reality is, there's a you know there's a middle ground that is uh, that is probably the uh, the right place to be. I was having a conversation today where you know people look at a, a Linux workload on premise and a Linux workload on the cloud. Operating systems the same. Rate of change is totally different. On premise, someone's walking around with a clipboard saying, "Don't change that version. So we're not going to Red Hat eight until X Y Z is in place." And they, like you said, they had the power to do that. Um, 
now it's not the case. The dev team's moving, and the infrastructure team better better figure out how they can respond and how all of the dependencies that they've got, which includes security, oh, yeah. can be put in place. And so it's, uh, the tail's wagging the dog. It is. It is. It is. It is. And, so <laughs> and honestly, it's a welcome change. It is. Uh, yeah. It is. And you know that puts us. To a significant test that we have to, we can't be a point of friction. We can't be something that is slowing teams down. If if delivery rates get slowed down for security, we know what loses and and security. So we have to figure out how to help those dev teams move at the pace pace that they want to move at. Are there any not a silver bullet, but any sort of guiding principles when you folks are talking to dev teams out there saying, hey? Security's not the enemy. I'm trying to shift left the security conversation as quick as I can to that point of innovation. Uh, is there any tips, tricks, techniques you guys use to break down those walls, right? Because uh, up until recently, dev folks, security folks, sort of uh, yep. oil and water at, the, at that point. Is there any uh, ways that you've uh, been able to mingle a little bit better with that? Well, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and that's uh, it kind of boils down to two different aspects of security, I think. And, and Bill touched on this a little bit already. When the security team has to work with the development team and make security fit in their design, right? And initially, some of the challenges we saw was, to Bill's exact point, they would just move their legacy security solution to the cloud. And while it didn't work necessarily well, it still somewhat worked, right? It just there was a lot of challenges, right? That doesn't work at all when it comes to containers, right? You can't do that at all. So now what we have to do is look at security kind of in, I guess, two different ways I look at it is when you're shifting left, now you're talking more pre-deployment security controls, right? Traditional security, and I'm doing air quotes here, <laughs> is more runtime security. Yeah, I agree. But those runtime security controls have to be container aware. So legacy controls don't have that. So once a security team understands that this is how we have to focus or look at security, this is the way the development teams are operating. If we have a solution that can do these things and can communicate between pre-deployment controls and runtime controls, now we can kind of, we can take that back to the development team and say, look, we understand what you're doing. We don't want to slow you down. This is how we can automate this entire process and we can make you aware of potential vulnerabilities, potential malware before it even goes to production. And then should there be challenges, should we find vulnerabilities, that doesn't necessarily mean we have to stop the process. We can still move forward and use those runtime controls to protect that application, right? So we're not going to slow you down. I think we have to look at it as opportunity, right? there's opportunities to apply security outside of production. Wow, isn't that an amazing thing in terms of not impacting <laughs> no, live systems, it? right? Um, now, unfortunately, there's a group of attackers sitting around a table like the table we're at, and they're thinking the same way. And so as the runtime, as our runtime environments get more immutable, uh, the dev pipeline is what's going to get attacked, yeah. and we can we can apply good security mechanisms there. But developers are going to be the next group of people who 
phishing, who business business email compromise, these types of attacks that are that are proving unfortunately quite successful against finance groups and other groups. Yep, they're coming at dev teams, and and we need to help out. And that's uh, so as you know, we don't expect attackers to give up anytime soon in terms of their business models, and so we need to be reshaping our technology and our processes to to uh, anticipate what they're going to do and, and uh, put uh, good capabilities in place. And by doing so, right, um, and staying ahead of it, I'm going to start twisting the conversation a little bit, right, and put more focus on you guys specifically. Um, this industry and what we've seen today with the announcements, what we've seen on that show floor, right, there's a velocity of change going on. And I, and I wrestle with it. I'd love to get your folks' opinion on it. I think we're at a point now, it's more evolutionary change versus revolutionary change that's going mm-hmm. on, right? It's incremental improvements. Uh, still cool. I'm not discounting that, but it's not the, hey, I'm now irrelevant as a human being. No, uh, for sure. Sort of, <laughs> sort right. of approach, right? Sure. And then taking that and saying, okay, incremental, getting my baselines, how do you stay current? So, Bill, I'll throw it to you first. Given that sort of landscape, what are your thoughts? And then from your point of view, what are you spending your time on learning these days as well? Yeah, well, in my role, I guess I guess I have a, a luxury is that a lot of my learnings through people. So people in my team, uh, whether it's uh, key field people like, like Jeff and others, uh, we are a software development company. So in a sense, not only are we trying to intersect with our customers successfully, we're trying to change ourselves. So we've got this, uh, we've got a physical library on our development team floor where we've got 10 copies of probably 20 relevant books in the last couple of years around the change to DevOps and and related things. So, uh, you know, reading those and talking to key people is probably the two ways and then connecting with a few key customers that the I show this picture within the company these days, two pictures. The first picture is a is a imagine a four by one hundred relay race. Sure. And one runner handing a baton to the next runner. And frankly, that's how we used to deliver technology yep. to our customers. We'd give them the baton, we would say good luck, <laughs> and maybe give us a call if you have a problem. That's what I do with your slide decks, too. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for the slides. And I'll take those. And that's right. Them, yep. Then the second picture I show is two people parachuting together. And that's actually how it feels for us with our most strategic cloud customers. We are interacting with them on a daily basis, and that's where we as a company are trying to change is how can we interact with our customers in as lightweight, I'll use the word seamless way, so that um, we have customers asking us questions around cloud that we never, never, never got asked in on-premise environments. So it's a much more interactive uh, model and and that's probably the area that that we still have the most to change about ourselves in order to scale the business and scale all around the world. I agree. I agree. It's it's taking that sort of culture, uh, cultural change that's needed uh, to be able to adapt at speed uh, with your clients along the journey. Like a specific example is, it's in, you set up a Slack channel with a customer, okay? So that's great. But now there's a set of expectations that are oh, built yeah. up, right? <laughs> and, and so how can you live up to those expectations? How can you answer those questions? Yeah. 
24 by 7 starts to become an expectation. Yeah. And, and so with each of these mechanisms that we have to tighten the interaction, um, we have to start changing the way we work. And so at the end of the day, it feels better because it feels very real. Uh, it's not the every six months, once a year interaction model. Yeah. It's come it's, together, grip it, and grin, yeah, hug it out. It's daily. Yeah. And, um, and I think some of our customers tell us that they feel we are an extended part of their tools and development team rather than, quote, a vendor. That's what you want to be. First. It is. It, it is. is. It is. It but, is. Still, still a ways to go to be yeah. doing it well. Yeah, no, it's, you take uh, take the small victories one at a time. Yeah. What's crazy though is I think when you look at again going back to years ago, customers would not be willing to work with a vendor that closely in almost what we could consider beta yeah, software. I agree. Right. And the rate, but they customers now understand that the rate of change has to be so fast. They don't expect a vendor to be so current on everything. Like customers are thinking, are so forward thinking. Very few vendors are are with them every step of the way, if not ahead of them. Yeah. So when they find a vendor that or an Amazon partner that is is accelerating their adoption of the cloud and, and changing consistently as the industry changes, they're willing to stop what they're doing and essentially beta test some of the software and then build and work with us in these Slack channels and say, hey, change this. This would be good if we could do this. How about this? You know? And then as a business, you have to listen because if you don't listen to the customers directly, the ones that will work with you like that, and that's when you'll fall behind. Oh yeah, it's uh, at the end of the day, if you're in that business, uh, the only thing left is a, a maintenance stream revenue and no one likes to ride that down to zero, right? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. right. So Jeff, so how do you, again, frontline, you're fighting it out every single day. New technologies are coming up left and right. How are, how are you approaching learning uh, that stuff? How do you do your deep dives or do you just skim? <laughs> There's a lot, a lot yeah. of everything. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll go back several years again before I started at Trend. I worked for a company that was doing a, a DR project and they wanted to build this entire data center for their DR plan. And I mean, we're talking, you know, seven years ago now. And, and I said, why are we even... Build, I mean, this is like a $3 million building. What are we doing here? Let's go to the, let's do this in the cloud. And they, I, when I said this in the meeting, I, I think they looked at me like I was completely insane. Like, like who is, what is this dude in the cloud? It's a healthcare company, too, yeah. so you can imagine. They're oh, still sure. not there, some of them, you know what I mean? <laughs> still running Windows XP in that, that company, I think. So, um, but I mean, that was a wake up call for me because I knew as an engineer, I can't, I can't get behind this. I have to learn this. I have to do this. And this company doesn't want to, isn't there yet. With no fault of theirs. I mean, they're, that's a lot of companies are that yeah. way, right? Um, but that's when we were actually doing a POC with Trend. And I was like, well, slid my resume across the table, so to speak. And, and that's, I started working here. Luckily, they asked me right out the gate, what do you want to do? And I said, I don't know, cloud. And they said, all right. You're our, you're our cloud ninja. You run with it. I said, perfect. Excellent. All right. And then I remember sitting in my first, 
first kind of uh, we really started kicking this this the initiative off again a, lot, a long time ago, and they they educated us on what it means to be in the cloud and you're going through Amazon services and things, and then we had to go up and present. And they said they gave me this scenario and they said, oh, the customer's VPC is this and that. And I said, what's a VPC? <laughs> totally forgot. Like drinking through the fire hose, I was like, I have no idea what a VPC is. We can, can we back up here again? Can we can we start over, right? But since then, obviously, you know, I've, we've come a long way to kind of go on what Bill said. It's a lot of it's a working with customers. Number one, it's it's a lot of networking. I do a lot of like a lot of online courses. Yeah. But there's only so much so much time in the day, and I mean it's it sounds crazy, but I, I'm not joking. Yeah, I take my iPad and I, I run on the treadmill and watch these videos. You know what I mean? You can't really take notes when you're doing that, right? Once <laughs> you find the really relevant ones and you go back and watch sure. them, but that's that's I do a, I do a ton of that, you know, so I can get a workout in when there's not many hours in the day and still kind of stay on top of things, you know, and it's and, and the change, changing. you know, just exactly. just having worked with Jeff for years, the the other change in I'd say in the industry and in the company, it's a technology first interaction model. So yeah. the like I always joke. Engineers don't like people. They don't like golfing. They don't like going for lunch. They, all these traditional mechanisms that we used to use to interact are kind of falling by the wayside. Yeah. And it's uh, it's the meetups. It's the it's it's the areas where actually it's not selling that's going on. It's just plain information sharing yeah. and forthright um, learning. And that is actually the way that companies influence each other and that and that companies learn and so it's it's way more bottom up than than uh than it, than it used to be and so our people if they wait for headquarters to tell them what they need to know it doesn't work they, game they over have, at that point no game over so they got to be motivated to be learning about those new services that were announced today at the same time that the customers heard about them and being willing to jump in and try and you know the technology's never been more accessible that's yeah. the big difference is there's no gatekeeper yeah, the to the technology and therefore people got to have that brave attitude I'm going to jump in and learn it myself yeah. and and good people will thrive in that type of environment yeah no and we, we've seen it well there's that internal and you see google um label it as googliness right inside the organization right, right? The, the where they scratch their head and want to dig into to get to the reason why right to keep going on and we've seen the traits uh, in the partner ecosystem with you folks uh our employees here that have that sort of intrinsic sort of hey how does this thing really work and how can i unpack it and more importantly i think there's uh, um, it's a welcome change. Uh, I call it give to get, right? Uh, a lot of folks now want to give that knowledge away uh, and get very little in return. But we're the same philosophy, right? All boats rise in the tide as we continue to grow this ecosystem and grow this market. I think we all and will continue to see uh, great success together. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. look forward to that. Well, guys, I'm coming into land um, as always great hanging out and catching up with you guys uh bill if folks want to connect with you online where can they do so so bill g mcgee on twitter is a easy way to uh reach out to me the more boring way bill underscore mcgee at trendmicro.com uh will get me a good old-fashioned email at work <laughs> and jeff over to you my friend so i always i try to make jokes about my twitter handle when i do presentations because 
I think I have like maybe 200 followers. <laughs> it's not, it's not More than me. I do a lot of reading, yeah, but uh, I don't post much. So uh, any follows, Jeff J West uh, 31. Maybe influence me. Maybe uh, get me to tweet a little bit more. Yeah, just just help me out there. Uh, anything you can do. <laughs> I appreciate it, Jeff. So, folks, that wraps things up for today. If you uh, want to connect with me, hit my website, bradlumis.net, for all my socials with questions, concerns, and comments of this podcast. Don't forget to go to cloudtp.com for current cloud news, links to this podcast, more ways to contact us directly, and for cloud news delivered directly to your inbox. Every Friday morning, visit cloudtp.com forward slash Doppler to sign up for the weekly report. And as always, my friends out there, take care and make it a great day. <laughs>